Blog Talk Radio. Undisputed champion of the wrestling world. John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayagbusi. Michael Thompson talking. It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. Psycho Killer Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Yeah, back at it. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. <laughs> I'm excited. Sportscast Radio. Myself rocking and rolling here. Jordan's with it. Elijah's with us. We got a full crowd. Elijah, welcome back to Sportscast. Hey, thanks for having me. It, 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 it feels good to be back. It's been a did while. Did you take the test? Did you take the test? You, I did. I did, John Pascal. It, <laughs> I passed. <laughs> Jordan, how goes it tonight, Take the sir? Bernard. <laughs> I, uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Excited for the show tonight. I am ecstatic because, boy, howdy, as, as Alex says, did any of you hear the rumor that came out for the L.A. market? Uh, there is Lillard? Clipper, Clipper Daryl. Clipper Daryl switching markets. No, he can he can get off the coattails too. What a bum! <laughs> what a bum! That's a, that's a, I, I I think that bothers me more than the LeBron fans. Like Clipper Darrell, like went and cried and like became depressed or whatever because they, they told him to stop coming to the games or whatever because he was a distraction or something. And then they let him come back and he has his custom painted Clippers car and now he's jumping ship to the Lakers. Are you kidding me? Hey, rumor has it LeBron gave him the call. <laughs> that's like that's like Demetrius throwing a Mike Bibby jersey in the in the garbage and grabbing a Robert Ory. That's just trash. Yeah. Okay, let's let's calm down. Nobody's throwing a Mike Bibby jersey in the trash right now. That dude is yoked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like him. That's like him throwing a Scott Bowler jer- or Scott Pollard jersey in the garbage and picking up a, a Robert Ory. <laughs> that's better. That's that's better right now. I'm not afraid of Scott Pollard. Did you, did you get did you get Matt Bullard and Scott Pollard? Were you about to yeah. get Matt Bullard and Scott Pollard confused? Yeah, because they're two goofy white dudes. <laughs> they all One, look alike. Matt Bullard just has that wicked flat top. If you remember on his like NBA hoops trading card, he had like a goatee <laughs> and the wicked flat top. No, I'm talking about the L.A. Dodgers, baby. I can't out. Oh, they market from Machado. Oh yeah, they, it, it sounds like there's two teams left in play that are really in play. And they're one of them. <laughs> and with as hot as that team is getting right now, they're getting all their players back. Ho <laughs> baby. Let's get it done. Because I, here, here's what we're going to talk about when we get to that midseason talk. Baltimore is, is so insistent on getting prospects back that they're willing to throw in Zach Britton to sweeten the deal. Yes. So, Oh, oh, man, Zach Britton finished fourth uh, 2016 Cy Young and seventh or something like that for the league MVP as a reliever. Like, not even a closer. He's a reliever. You put that left-handed arm before the right-handed arm of Kenley Jansen. Let's go. I cannot wait to talk baseball, man. I cannot wait to talk baseball. I'm still a Twins fan. 
Because, <laughs> man, it's the Twins. I still love the Twins, too, man. It's A-L-N-L. That, you know, I'll say this, Elijah. I think baseball is the one sport where it's not it's not as egregious that I have a couple teams that I like because they're two different leagues that never even played each other for the most part. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, yeah, just, I'm uh, sick of the Twins. Yeah. You know, at this point, we might as well be uh, – this season's over. Same old, you know same old every damn year. And that's what sucks. Like, the Wild let us down. The Timberwolves, you know, for what it's worth, there's always hope. You know, the Vikings always have one relevant year every five to ten years that they, they get far. But the, the Twins are just trash. Like, you know, I was talking to I was talking to a big baseball head that I know, and he agreed with me on the statement, and it's it's completely egregious that I still think that this – that I'm mad about this, but with as bad as you Darvish has been on the Cubs this year, I'm still mad. The twins didn't at least go for it and show that they're trying to bring in big names. Like I understand he got hurt. Maybe he didn't get wouldn't have got hurt here, but they didn't even like, I don't even have that goodwill that, Hey man, at least they freaking tried for once. Like that's what pisses me off more than how bad Darvish is playing for the Cubs. Lance we Lynn. got Otani. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> God, you mean to tell me we would have had that dude on our team? Oh man! Oh man! And then you know, look at our look at our stud closer we pick up. He blows more games than with Durag's too tight. Fernando, yeah, that dude. Demetrius, Demetrius is our closer. Yeah, dude. Last night when they when when he had that three one lead in the two outs in the ninth against the Royals, he took his hat off and his durag was so tight. I'm like, this dude is so stressed that he may blow a save to the Royals after how bad Derek me and Jordan Fury. destroyed him. Derek Fury rocking the uh, rocking the braids on the bullpen uh, pitcher's mound there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So we got you know, obviously later in the show we got to talk World Cup. My uh, synopsis of the show is false. Uh, I'm not stoked anymore as Belgium lost a very competitive but very terribly officiated by the end of the the final 10 minutes there. Hmm. Blows my mind that some of these guys get away with some of this stuff. But we'll talk the World Cup. We'll talk that MLB midseason. There's going to be a lot of chaotic banter for the fact that there's there's more than just me and Jordan tonight. So we get, we get Elijah's fun in with us as, as, as always um, before, before we cut the break here, move into our opening conversation with the, with the crew over at MMA write up. I got to just see if this works here. Might not work. Okay. Oh, yeah, Elijah. <laughs> so these the sounders start four seconds in tonight. So <laughs> I'm excited though. We're going to have some fun. We're talking some MMA right after this. Opening commercial break here. Stick around. We'll be right back. We got a shortened commercial. <laughs> Sportscast Radio. What was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate. Baby, you get strong style media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company. And I'm here to tell you. That each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. 
We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop culture is where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, so the sound radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Tune, and that more. We are Strong Style. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. You won't see these folks at the post office. They have businesses to run. They have passions to pursue. How do they avoid trips to the post office? Stamps.com. Mail letters. Ship packages. All the services of the post office right on your computer. Get a four-week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com today. Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Style Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pints Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out the Pop Culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, search bar, Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings. Boom. <laughs> I knew that was going to abruptly end, so I caught it. I caught it here. I'm sad. Um, I, I know you had, the, you had the, the music queued up, the break. Yeah, for whatever reason. I don't know. Blog Talk's not agreeing with us. The other ones, uh, the other ones seem, seem like they should be good. But anyway, let's, let's just press on. It's probably for the best. Uh, let's, let's welcome on the duo from MMA Write-Up. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, man. How are you? We're great. How are you? Oh, doing tremendous. Doing tremendous. I'm excited. Got a lot of good stuff. I, after what we saw on Saturday, I think it 100% makes us a little more excited than I already was. Uh, real quick before <laughs> we just jump right into this, um, Elijah had set this whole thing up with you, Nicole, so why don't you first go ahead and introduce yourself to all of our listeners? Hi. Yeah, I'm Nikki Klein. Jens and I are both teammates and training partners, and we decided to start MMA Write Up just to give a little more coverage to the MMA scene around the Midwest. We see a lot of coverage on the pro UFC scene, obviously, and we really wanted to cover up-and-coming fighters, and there's so much going on up here. Um, Yeah, we're really thrilled to be on. It was great to meet Elijah at the LFA events, and looking forward to doing some fun talking tonight. I'm Jack Jens. Why don't you do the same for all of our listeners? Yeah, I'm a I'm a fight nerd from like back in the Roy Jones Jr. days. Um, you know, I can remember watching when you know Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz were not really old and gonna fight. Um, so I've just been around this forever. Um, been training at MMA for a little bit here. Uh, just kind of really enjoy the scene and and really enjoy writing and covering it. So you know, really appreciate you guys having us on. So I I just I I know we're gonna we're gonna get to the the, the local stuff because I think that's the meat and potatoes I do want to talk about tonight. But uh, as as we kind of round table with you guys, I just want to ask right off the bat, as somebody who I told you our flagship is a pro wrestling show, uh, I was jacked when I watched the monster Brock Lesnar shove little baby Daniel Cormier to the point he almost fell over. Um, I, I heard that the talk was he was supposed to get the winner of the fight. They had him show up right before. Uh, 
Is this something that has been in the works? Have, have either of you heard anything about this? Because I knew it was always possible with him leaving WWE shortly, but I didn't expect this. Well, here's here's the thing about the, the Lesnar, especially Lesnar Cormier. So remember, Cormier was an Olympian twice, silver medalist once. And that means he came up in the amateur wrestling circuit right about the time Lesnar was kind of around. Like, they were, they know each other. They've trained together. They know what's up. Cormier is a wrestling head front to back. So this could not have gone better. Because, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not really into pro wrestling, but I know when Lesnar went back for his contract, they told him, you can do WWE and we'll let you out a couple of times to do UFC, right? Yeah, he had that one UFC 200 fight with Mark Hunt. And then yeah. this thing that I'm hearing from, from people is there's a lot of issues between him and WWE right now, and he has one date left on his contract, and he's done. So when they're going to have him go back and drop the title, that's it for him. Well, and, and see, that actually works out really well because UFC is struggling right now badly, and they need Lesnar to come back in. So lesnar Stipe would have been a good fight. But Lesnar-Cormier is going to be the best fight because you've got to remember, Lesnar is an NCAA champion heavyweight wrestler. Daniel Cormier, the only person that guy lost to at, from when he was wrestling at Oklahoma State is a guy named Kale Sanderson. Kale Sanderson is the single best amateur wrestler of all time, period, bar none. There are no arguments. The man was undefeated in four years once the Olympics and was undefeated. He just didn't lose. The only person Daniel Cormier lost to was that man. So you've got a stud in Brock Lesnar against a admittedly water bod or water bed bodied human <laughs> in Daniel Cormier. And they're going to fight MMA. I mean, this is, this is perfect. It's like two dudes that they, they knock each other's ice cream out of their hands and they're gonna go at it on the playground. This will not be technical. This will just be a fun fight. <laughs> Uh, you know, looking at this uh, fight, obviously, you know, uh, one of the things that still needs to happen is uh, Lesnar needs to start uh, getting his testing up to date. Um, kind of switching gears on that, uh, you know, I think some more news coming out that uh, maybe John Jones expecting to hear something back in mid to late ju- July. What are the chances of him making a UFC return and, and, and kind of splashing back in this talk? It, he's always a wild card, right? So um, Josh Barnett <laughs> came out today, and Josh Barnett's kind of had. Uh, a long and storied history with USADA. Um, he's an admitted, like he's popped hot and he's, he's gone. Yeah, guys, I, I was hot. It's fine. Um, but Jones is really kind of in a weird spot with USADA right now because he didn't test for anything above a real trace amount. And, and the hard part is going to be whether or not they, they look at the time he's had off and said, all right, time served, let's go. Or if they try to tack on a, a six-month to two-year suspension on top of it. And that's kind of where they're at right now because what he's been popped for isn't necessarily a hot drug test as much as it's a tanned supplement. And that's a fine line to walk. Um, anytime you watch a man built like John Jones deadlift over 600 pounds, you know, I mean, the dude's not, like, yoked, right? I mean, he's really tall and long, but he's not – Lesnar. Like, Lesnar picking up 600 pounds makes sense. Jones picking up 600 pounds, you're like, you know, I mean, the juice is in the squeeze. So, it's, uh, we'll we'll have to see what that looks like, but Jones coming back in, it would be, it would be Cormier's wet dream 
if he could if he could fight Lesnar, beat Lesnar, fight Jones at heavyweight, and then walk off into the sunset. Because with, win or lose those two fights, he's still the greatest heavyweight of all time. Period. Wow. That's a that's a bold uh, statement. I like it. Yeah. So I, my, I'm gonna give. I'm, I'm going to get back to the actual main event here. Um, in my opinion, this is like one of the biggest upsets in UFC I've seen in like recent memory. And did you two even give, give Cormier a chance to even win? Because I didn't think Cormier had a shot. I thought Stipe was going to beat him pretty easily. So, like, I was shocked to see the outcome of this and to see Cormier actually win. So, what are your guys' opinions on that? Yeah, I, I mean, so if you look, Cormier did an interview like three weeks ago. In hindsight, it's always twenty twenty, right? But Cormier did an interview three weeks ago where he said, I'm going to get in a clinch with Stipe. And when we disengage from the clinch, he drops his hands and keeps his chin high. I'm going to throw an overhand right and drop. And if you watch the fight, that's exactly how he dropped it. Now, I, I can't say that it was – I didn't – I really probably have my money on, on Stipe, realistically speaking, because Cormier just has always been a light heavyweight, right? But then Cormier yep. weighed in like four and a half pounds heavier. I mean, the dude – like – his diet must have just been Old Country Buffet the entire camp. <laughs> I mean, he makes 205, and he was 246 pounds. That's a 41-pound weight difference. He was heavier than the heavyweight champion of the world, and it's not his weight class. you got to look at that and think, Jesus. So, like, I don't know. I, my money was not on DC walking in because Stipe is a stud. But you got to give props where it's due because Cormier called it, said this is exactly what I'm going to do, and that's exactly what he did. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I thought Stipe would have tooled him up, but, you know, dad bod wins. So let's rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I rock mine daily. You guys saw that at the buffet. Um, <laughs> I, you know, that does turn me to this. Uh, Francis Ngannou, who everyone thought was going to rise to the occasion and come back and, and be that knight in shining armor for this abysmal, slowly depleting di- division. This would have been one of the worst fights in the history of a, a pro-fighting pro sport. Um, what in the hell was going on with – I mean, the guy, the guy he lost to – what, he land 20 punches in 15 minutes? No. And one, he threw here, twenty here, punches, or threw twenty. Here, here, no, 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 no. Didn't didn't throw twenty. Here's the stat. It was the second worst, the second worst fight in the history of the UFC. Okay, by one punch. There was a guy by the name of Jens Pulver, way back yes. in the day, fought some dude yes. nobody cares about. They landed twenty-two total punches. Total. Oh. Francis Ngannou. Eric Lewis, they landed 23 significant strikes. Total. <laughs> now, here, here's the really crazy part about this whole thing. So, it, rumor has it that Derek Lewis 
blew his back out in training, which is why when you watch him, like, that's a 300-pound man throwing kicks, and when he got done, he told Joe Rogan, he's like, yeah, my doctor told me i got to lose weight. That was evident to everybody in the freaking arena and watching from home. It's like, like you got one guy in, in Daniel Cormier who carries his weight well, and then you got one guy like Derek Lewis who obviously should be 35 pounds lighter. And then you've got another dude in Francis Ngannou who is terrified he's going to get tooled up like Stipe did his last time because apparently wrestling isn't something they do in France. <laughs> so it's like, like you got Francis Ngannou who's terrified of engaging with people because he doesn't want to get schooled. And you got Derek Lewis who's legitimately hurt and is literally only doing what he can. And it, it culminated in the single worst televised pugilistic fight of all time. I'm sorry, Jens Fulver, we share a name, so I can't put you in that category. Was, yeah. it, worse than, was, it, was it worse than was it worse than Dada Five Thousand Kimbo? <laughs> Dada Five Thousand Kimbo. There was a chance one of them would have had a heart attack, and let's be honest, that would have been more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't know if it was not the right reasons. That's for sure. Oh, oh man. Uh, <laughs> Just uh, just as you guys are talking about the the money on the line, uh, obviously uh, Cormier was the underdog in that fight. Uh, five dimes had him at uh, plus one forty at one point. Just throwing that out there. And, and now he's a now he's what a minus two sixty against Lesnar. Uh, you know I haven't even looked at it possible early yet uh, as far oh. as uh, the odds there. I don't think that I've seen him just yet. Wow. I, I think I heard he was a minus two sixty against Lesnar, which I don't, I don't, like, I don't make up it. your mind, guys. That's you know, a huge line. Like that is a huge, huge. You know, if, yeah. if if he was a plus one forty, I mean that's you know ten bucks. Ten bucks wins you fourteen. That's not that far fetched. That's almost an even fight. Minus two sixty. Yeah, like, odds. you know, I I know Lesnar hasn't fought. And Jordan, I didn't mean to jump on your your you know because you were going in. But no, that's to good. be fair, like watching that initial shove immediately said, okay, this dude's still the same guy he was in, in the aspect of it's an animal that, that is like a bear when they get a hold of you. If he shoved him and he almost fell over, I've never seen anyone in, bo- in boxing or MMA that in the, middle of a, in, you know, in the middle of a confrontation when one throws a shove, the other's usually right there to get back in their face and they start you know, the calamities going on. He shoved him, and he, if he didn't catch his heel back on, that, on that, the mat, he's going to fall over, and that, now he's, he just got punked out on pay-per-view. Like, yeah, yeah apparently, I mean, how much that might have been premeditated. Quite, I mean, honestly, we are in the entertainment era of UFC. You're not wrong whatsoever. But if I'm Daniel, you know, if I'm Daniel Cormier, I'm not, I'm not letting somebody punk me out after I just won the title. Dude, I, I would, I would 100 to, to hype the fight for sure, for sure. I, think, I don't know. I just, I think this, I think this is a fight that sells itself, and you don't have to do that. But I mean, I guess it yeah, is what it is. Yeah, yeah got to get the I, name I'm recognition. Right, yeah. Uh, the, uh, you are right. Uh, he opened at 260, uh, which is ridiculous. Uh, Brock Lesnar plus 200 book it. If the fight happens in 2018, I'm getting in on that action. Uh, Oh, that's ridiculous. Okay. But can we talk, what are the odds? Can you look at the odds of whether or not Lesnar pisses hot? Uh, those odds I don't see on here. (laughs) The thing that I've heard is it can't happen until January because, 
one, he still has to finish that last contract to date anyway. And my guess is SummerSlam is until August, and that's their you know second biggest show of the year. So I'm guessing they're not having him drop the title until then. So now he can't even start getting into the full training until September. So I don't think no, this happens. No, but what he can do is get in a – he can get in a testing pool, which is the important yep. piece because he's got to get in the USADA testing pool. But what, let's be honest. Like, who cares? I don't <laughs> I don't care. Like, if he's going to be – if he has to pull the needle out of his shorts before he steps into the octagon, I don't care. The man's pushing 40, and he's yoked out of his damn mind. I want to see him fight a dude who looks like he's never turned down a plate of food in his entire life. Like, I want to see that fight happen. I want to see, like, it's like the Kool-Aid man versus He-Man. Like, Daniel Cormier could bust in the cage going, oh, yeah, and then we've got the power of race and telephone, and now we've got a fight. Like, let's do this. Come on. Like, who cares? Uh, that's really good. Any other big standouts that you guys think from this uh, this 226 card? Uh, obviously, we had the low light. We had the highlight. What, what's the in-between here? You know, the, the sort of people aren't talking about is Max Holloway. Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega. Um, you know, there's some other notable fights on the card, but this is a fight that didn't happen. And it didn't happen, and they're talking about possibly, the rumor is possibly that Max Holloway may, may have had a stroke related to a weight cut. Oh. A uh, stroke? Max Holloway oh. had a stroke? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Now, that's, that's an unconfirmed rumor, but he was developing concussion-like symptoms the week of the weight cut. And he's a big dude. He, he's a really big 145-er. Yeah. And he was and walking fight, around. And, and, and Michael Bisping, okay, Michael Bisping speaks with a heavy English accent, and he's been hit in the head a lot. So she's not that clear. And he was like, hey, Max, you don't sound good. That's like Mike Tyson saying your S's sound wrong, okay? <laughs> this is a problem. So you you, you got to look and think, you know, Max Holloway had to back out because he had some medical issues that have been undisclosed. Brian Ortega did not take a fight against Jeremy Stevens because he refuses to not fight for anything but a title. That's a big story because, both, like, Max Holloway's health is on the line and Brian Ortega kind of flew the double birds to the UFC and said, listen, I'm better than this. You're not going to give me a fight on four days' notice. Piss off. And that's that's one thing people are not talking about. Hmm. Yeah, it looks like some of the news saying he was showing concussion-like symptoms. Uh, I have not seen any other uh, prognosis of it, but uh, definitely sounds scary if you're having, uh, obviously, that kind of issue, uh, if, if, if you'll even be able to fight uh, or get cleared coming soon. Um Elijah, you got uh, what do you got next? I was just gonna ask uh, who early prognosis on a Lesnar Cormier fight who who they have who they would who they would who they think would win in just like a quick little breakdown of why. Man, that's uh, here's the deal. Like, so back in the day, like way way back in the day. Brock Lesnar wrestled against him in West Hand at the University of Iowa. So Lesnar wrestled for the University of Minnesota. West Hand wrestled for the University of Iowa. We all know what Lesnar looks like. West Hand looks like your typical American farm boy who just happened to get larger than average. West Hand ended up beating him. He's a very similar wrestler to Cormier. Now, wrestling is different than fighting, but 
Lesnar also hates getting hit, and Cormier's got a hell of a chance. So I really honestly think Cormier can out-wrestle and out-strike Lesnar, especially at this stage in the career, and I'd put my money on Cormier all day long. How about you, Nikki? What do you think? No, I agree with Jen, too. I think it's really easy to look at Lesnar and say, oh, he's a bigger dude. He's obviously, like Jen said, jacked out of his mind and say he's going to win it. But when you really look technically, you know, Cormier is just a better wrestler and he can strike. Yeah, I have to go with Jen's on this, Cormier. Yeah, and I, I was actually thinking the same thing because, I mean, when you've seen Lesnar against guys, you know, Cormier is not Mark Hunt. He's not going to just be able to, like, lay on top of him the entire fight and do his, like, rabbit-punching hammer fist that he likes to do. And you've seen him in with guys who can strike. You know, he kind of has issues with that, and he's I don't think he has the best chin in the world. And usually, you know, if you can kind of stay in there with him, his stamina, you know, he kind of he doesn't have the best stamina either. So, I don't know, I I was thinking the same thing, I think. Cormier could Cormier could win that fight just because he's a better striker and you know good enough wrestler, good enough ground guy to where he you know could kind of limit Lesnar's uh, big advantage that he has over most opponents. So, oh. that's, yeah, I, I watch MMA, not wrestling. That. So man, yeah, gonna, the fight's going to be quite yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> Who was the guy who wasn't just jacked in the cage? The, the dude with the – was it Braun Strowman? Um, yeah. The last, per, the last one that Lesnar had was in April, and it was against Roman Reigns. Well, wasn't there a point where he was in, like, a group match and he just hauled off and hit, like, some Oh, yeah, that was Braun Strowman. That was the Royal Rumble. Yeah, at yeah. the Royal Strowman like threw a knee lift and was going way too fast and jacked him. And Lesnar threw this like one inch punch type right hand and got uh, Strowman in the side of the head, knocked him silly and, and grabbed him and said, "Slow down." And yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh boy, I, I wouldn't. But I, I look at that in relation to like, I mean, Corny has taken some shots and yes, and, like. Like, Braun Strowman, a huge human being, I'm sure, but I don't know what his chin is like. And and looking at, you know, I think Corey's probably better at taking a shot than Braun Strowman, and if Lesnar couldn't knock Braun Strowman out when he got pissed, maybe Cormier's got a better chin than uh, than we give him credit for. Yeah, I I think, and I think he's he's able, you know, ready to take a punch. And I, I, will, right. I will say that was, uh, extremely hilarious watching that because a couple of us went, oh man, he he really jacked him. Because after that, you saw Strowman kind of roll outside the ring and uh, was definitely discombobulated trying to figure out what state he was in after that thing. And it suddenly turned into one-on-one for a few minutes and then they realized it's Kane and they went, oh bleep, this match sucks. Anyway, that's just me ranting on wrestling. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't watch wrestling, but I did watch that quite a bit. I was like, oh, that was kind of funny. I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, obviously, uh, Nick, you mentioned the the local scene. I, I'd kind of like to turn that way. Um, what what kind of just a, a good introduction to to this local scene as something? You know, obviously, Elijah was there at the at the show a couple months ago. I haven't been to a local MMA show since 
my God, I want to say it was 2009. It was at the Target Center when I think Jeff the Snowman Monson fought and Shayna Baszler fought some, some woman from Japan in like the semi-main event. And that was the last local thing I've ever done. I want to say, Jen, did um, Kelly or Tom maybe fight on that same card? Oh, probably. Very, very yeah, possibly. our coaches both were fighting back then. I mean, we need to send you Jen's article. Jen did a great piece on, you know, why going to the local MMA shows are the best. I mean, $35 and you're seeing, what, 10 to 15 fights, hours of fights, well, with great talent here. Well, what's funny is, you know, so you're talking about local fights. In Minnesota, the best LFA is kind of like AAA ball. And so there's a guy who fought on the tough card on Saturday, Gerald Mercer. He's on a two-fight winning streak, and he just beat his guy by submission after coming back after getting knocked down in the second round. That's a guy you could have seen at the LFA here in Minnesota. So we've got, we've got a couple of different fight programs, you know, um, not, to, not to steal Mickey's Thunder, but, um, you know, there's LFA in Minnesota. Um, there's Mecca Cards, which is Muay Thai. You know, the best way to watch local MMA or local Muay Thai is really just find your local promotions like the LFA or like a Mecca, and then just go hang out because you will see people who are going to show up in the show. Um, you know, we've trained with people who've been on Tough or uh, been on the Contender Series. We've, we've trained with people who've been on, um, you know, the in- Invicta. Um, we've seen people that we've trained against make it, like Gerald Marshart, you know, make it to the show. So, you know, the best way to get involved in local MMA is just go to, like, any of your local cards, especially in the Midwest as we're picking up steam, you're going to see people who will make it to the show before anybody knows about them. This, this, I found the card. It was April 24th, 2010. I was Cage Fighting Extreme Evolution 2. It was Jeff Monson against Travis Weuf. Uh Dave Manet, that's a buddy of mine knew Dave Manet, and that's how we got tickets to it. So it was Dave Manet fought Drew Pickett. Yeah. Uh, Brock Larson was on the card. I recognize him. <laughs> right on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was, so he's oh. training fighters right now in St. Cloud. Yeah, this was about eight years ago this was. Yeah, it's, I thought it was a while ago. So it's just interesting that I MMA Junkie has the full card like it's an article still. I'm like, wow, good archives, guys. <laughs> well, you know, you're talking – like Jen said, you know, going to the LFA shows and the one Elijah and I were at, um, Bevon Lewis just fought on that one. He just fought on the contender series tonight, actually against a local guy and he just got a UFC contract. So yeah, Yeah, he was, he was really good. Probably the best fighter I think on the card, maybe another guy on that LFA card that we watched, um, that I remember seeing, in one of it was either Strike Force or maybe UFC it was Ashcan, I think his name was. Ashcan Mobari. Yeah, he yeah. was um he was out of Richfield or whatever. I I could have sworn I've seen him on one of the big you know, maybe it's Strike Force or maybe it was UFC, but I thought I seen well, him. Well he's been kicking out a long time. Yeah, he's, yeah uh, he's he he gives hope to all us old guys. He's like forty and just <laughs> kicking the crap out of kids. Oh my god, he <laughs> He was in tremendous shape, and he like just he pummeled that dude. He fought at LFA. It was pretty. It was a pretty good beat down. Was, was, was that the five fight? Oh, that was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. That was the one with yep. that split yeah. I think. 
That was a pretty close. Yeah, fight. that was the that was the one where Ash can the forty year old out wrestled the twenty two year old wrestler. Um, yeah, that was a good fight. That was yeah. a fun fight. Fantastic shape. And he just competed in a jujitsu tournament here locally. Is that the one that you covered? Uh, was that thirty fights deep that I saw on your uh, on the on the, on the website? Thirty-four. <laughs> yeah, fighting pro. They're, well, and it's you know they're they it's all submission, um, but it's one. I think correct me if I'm wrong. There's like one five or six minute round, so it goes pretty quickly. It's a lot faster than the MMA cards, but it's really fun. They do the full walkout song and it's really nice to see those guys they were so hard just get some recognition and really be able to come and watch them in a place like that yeah well, it, make it, it looked, paid too oh it looked epic i mean mm-hmm. in, in the weight classes and, and it was like, cool. i could just imagine that that had to be really sweet well, that's it, the type of training i would for, um <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's good for uh like midwest uh jiu-jitsu because we don't get a lot of love, you know, because the coasts are full of Gracies and everybody thinks we're flyover <laughs> states. So we don't have good jits. So they were flying people in and then we were winning. And so it was really good exposure for Midwest Jiu-Jitsu to be like, Hey guys, you know, I mean, we're better than just milk and cows making cheese and, and feeding you idiots. We can still grapple. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have been we in can there doing you well, we milk cows. So, so what are some some names maybe, or or I guess some 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 events that we can look out for if if you're in the Twin Cities or the Midwest in particular? Where where are we going to go to see some some good lo- good local UFC, uh, not uh, or not UFC rather, but uh, MMA, and uh, opposed to you know the the, the good uh, the good old bar fights every once in a while. I what's, mean, what's wrong with the bar well, fight? But... Seriously, like, what's wrong with the bar fight? You're killing me. Hurts. That hurts my heart. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, go um, ahead. They seem to go in groups. You know, there's a couple coming up in July. There's actually, if you've ever been out to Lake Minnetonka, I think it's the Spirit of the Lake Days. There's a new kickboxing promotion that's going to be out there on July 22nd. They have some great local fighters in there. So that's a new one that we're going to go check out. We're going to cover that. Um, I believe it's three esoteric promotions. So we'll be out there. And then I think in Milwaukee, I believe it's July 28th, um, Pure Flight Club has their next show out there. So they always have great shows in Milwaukee. I think LFA is coming back here. Jens might know a little bit more about this. September, September 14th. I believe. Yep. yep. So yep. And September then 14th, also, LFA will be down at Shockby. Perfect. And then also, um, Eric Anderson out in, I think he is in La Crescent, always puts on a great show. He only does it twice a year. He'll do it in April and September. But I went to his show the night after we were at the LFA show, and I actually, when it killed this, I actually thought it was a much better card than the LFA show. And that's where Alton has fought. Um, he's the one that Bavon Lewis just beat on the Contender Series. So you'll see a lot of great people out there at his show, too. And that's the uh, Three Rivers Throwdown that they just Three Rivers Throwdown. From, yep. Yep, from La Crescent yes. to La Crosse. <laughs> Yeah, they just moved it, I think, to a nice, bigger venue. It was getting pretty crowded inside the arena where they had it. One name that I was kind of hearing some steam about lately, he's a young guy from from Minnesota, um, because I think I have a lot of mutual friends on Facebook, but 
Um, I think he's kind of starting to get some recognition. I think he's only two and zero, but his name is uh, Blake Builder. He's a guy yeah. that he's a guy he's a guy that I've been, he's a guy that I've been Really, he's a guy that I've been hearing like a lot of stuff about lately. So, and like I said, so I think Blake it's... just fought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Sorry, I don't want to step on you. Oh no, you're good. I was I was just gonna I was just gonna get wanted your opinion on him just because I like I said I've been hearing a lot about him lately. So. Yeah. So Blake actually trained with us at Spartan Martial Arts. Um, really talented dude. Uh, fought. A, Fight to win pro last year. Um, fought on a couple of mm-hmm. LBA cards. Went pro. Um, he's moved out to California. Um, I'm uncertain about what what Jimmy's fighting out of, but he's fighting for King of the Cage now, and he's two and zero in King of the Cage. Just won a uh, three round war uh, on the tenth. So okay. he's really picking up some steam. Uh, fighting 145, and the kid he might be the nicest human being you'll ever meet. Like he's I kid you not, he would. He's a sweetie. Um, if you if it was raining and he was cold, and you said you were cold, he'd still give you his shirt. Like he's wow. a really nice guy. Hmm. So he actually yeah, Blake mean, actually cornered me for my first fight. Did he really? Yeah, he did. Awesome. He did. <laughs> didn't he have a pretty good amateur boxing career? Like, didn't he start off as a boxer? Mm-hmm. Uh, he did so. He did boxing simultaneously with uh, MMA, and he trained okay. with uh, Cerezo Ford in St. Paul. And I, I okay, want to he was like twenty-six and one, or thirty and one as an amateur. Uh, he lost his last fight as an amateur down in uh, I want to say Atlanta at a Golden okay. Glove tournament, and it was a kind of a wonky decision. Not that that ever happens in boxing. No, <laughs> never, never, not even once. No. No, we we so we've all, never heard of Adelaide Bird or anything like that. I mean, come on. <laughs> I am still pissed about that, man. That cost us seeing Ludacris at that concert because I got all belligerent after that decision. Stupid ass Adelaide Bird. You should have heard. You should have heard him on the phone after when he called me. I can only imagine she should be judging dog shows. That thing oh, is she's awful. What one eighteen, one ten? Are you kidding me? Ten rounds? That's oh ooh, man! I never yeah, mind. I'm not gonna. It's all right. I'm just gonna uh, get mad. <laughs> deep breath. Deep breath. Deep breath. Are there some names? I mean, you, you gave me some promotions, guys. Rain it in. Rain it in. Uh, if uh, you gave some promotions there, as far as uh, you know, some things coming up. Are there some names that we should know? Uh, maybe Minnesota specific. Uh, you know, just uh, on the come up here, or or or. Just some big shout-outs there? Uh, I think we really need to give a shout-out to Pam Thornton here. She trains at the Cellars. She was actually out in Las Vegas for Ultimate Final Trials. She didn't make the show, but she is one of the top ten featherweights. She's signed with Invicta right now, but I'm really interested to see what her next fight ends up being because she is looking really good lately. Awesome. I, I don't have anything else. I'm just gonna keep. I'm just mad right now, man. You're hosting for the next ten minutes, man. I'm just next. T- oh man. So, oh, so man. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, definitely good, uh, good, 
touching base here as far as it goes. Uh, any other big plugs, projects, or, or, or ideas that you got coming along that uh, b- before sending you off to uh, w- what I'm assuming will be a, a nice uh, night's sleep for you? We, you know, we're we're going to work on kind of relaunching our website with a different look here. So keeping you know, kind of keep an eye out for that. And uh, other than that, really just very much appreciate your time today, and, and thanks for letting us come on and crash your party. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, plug Absolutely. everything you guys got too. Plug you know, plug website, Twitters, Facebook, blood type. I mean, anything you got, so all of our <laughs> listeners can can read and chat. Social you know, security it's... number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll get the. We're I'll working get on the... that LifeLock sponsorship <laughs> credit card info. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, uh, we're we're anywhere you care to find us. We're at MMAWriteUp.com. So Instagram, nice. Facebook, MMAWriteUp.com, Twitter, MMAWriteUp.com. Um, and then, uh, you know, you can follow us from there. Uh, it's, it's, and if you I, really I, enjoyed Jens's irreverent humor, I'd suggest definitely checking out the website because he has written some very interesting articles. Yeah. Uh, make, sure, so a- make sure if you do train, guys, it's summertime. Wash your S. Uh, and, and, and he explicitly. <laughs> all right. I, I, just, I, just, I actually read that article today, and I'm like, I'm like, yep. Yeah. Just make sure you wash it. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, wa- wash it. Wash it all. <laughs> That's the kind of knowledge a guy like me with the dad bod needs to know, because otherwise I'm not sitting pretty for two hours on the radio with you guys. I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable. Man, what you do with baby wipes needs to stay between you and God. <laughs> oh, I believe, man. One thing I wanted to add to for our listeners before is um, – Jordan and I, Jens and Nikki are probably going to be working on a little something that we just have to kind of iron out the details and figure out when we're going to do this. And maybe next time, maybe next time when we have you guys on, we can uh, Ooh, kind of like it. Disclo- disclose the info and kind of talk about that and get more into that. I love the, yeah, there, there are, there are things of Bruin that, that will be very entertaining. You guys are going to be very like, entertaining. <laughs> who, who, who I'm going to wash my gear. <laughs> Before are going to be in a tremendous game of Foursquare, and I will have the whistle and uh, watch the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> There's the breakdown. Oh, man. Oh, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you so oh. much for coming on. Thank, Thank you, you guys very, very much. much. All right, we'll chat soon. Thanks a lot. It's the uh, duo over at MMAWriteUp.com. Awesome, awesome fun. Ah, oh, man. And then, then I had to talk about Adelaide Bird, and I just got too bleep to give a bleep. Uh, yeah, I could tell. I could tell, man. You you, you got to let that go, but woo-saw, all right? Woo-saw. Let that go in two months and five days when the wrongs are righted. Let's hope so. Yeah, I was say, what happened? What? Let's go. So to let's what hope if, so. What? What if uh, it just doesn't go so high? I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent confident it's going to go better than the first time, for the fact that uh, he saw what what stupidity it was to stand there and fight with him, and if he's going to go in there and try bombing, well, good luck to you. I, I, I pre Vanas Marta Rosen said Canelo needs to stop acting like a bitch and saying he's gonna be able to take a punch. He's like, How about after Triple G knocks you out, I'll come fight you. 
I was like, get up. He's like, he's like, I showed up on two weeks' notice, and I fought him. You don't hear me complaining. I was like, yeah, look at Marta Rosen. He's tight. Oh, like, he's, speaking of boxing, just because just we got Elijah on, I remember I, I blanked on somebody who I watched that I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed uh, watching uh, a few, maybe a month and a half back. I really uh, like watching Jason Quigley make his return. I'm not a big Quigley guy. I haven't really seen him fight too much. I know the name, but... El Animal, man. That's a cool nickname. <laughs> I like it. Who's I like it. The Animal. El Animal. El uh, Animal. But he's from Ireland. Who's... It's cool. I like it. Is is that the guy? Uh, is that the dude who like thinks he's ma- uh, Hispanic, but he's not even close to it? Is that the same guy? No, I don't think it's necessarily that. This, but he's but he's from he's from Ireland. He lives in uh, he lives in California now. Um, he beat uh, Daniel Cruz. Uh, let's see in March, and that was like his return after a year. I think he he like blatantly shattered his hand. It looked like a dang balloon uh, a balloon in his wrist. It was gross. Uh, yikes! <laughs> that noise, man. That's that's like always the like the grossest thing is when you see him in the corner. They're like, "What the hell are you doing in there?" And he's like, "I think I broke my hand." You're like, "Oh." Well, that sucks. Go out there for 30 <laughs> more minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, essentially, that's what happened to uh, uh, – he won a unanimous decision uh, the, the prior year against Glenn Tapia. Uh, and, um, <laughs> Glenn Tapia. And, that guy. But, uh, yeah, so he, he won the decision, but I guess he broke his hand on it. And, uh, and, 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 and it said, I think he said in the third round, so ugh, not so hot. Got 27 more minutes out there, whatever, kids. You got, you got the, and you, you got what you call it. Um, what's his face? Leo Santa Cruz, who looks like he has broken his hand like before he throws every punch. Because you know how <laughs> fighters usually shake their hands a little bit if their hand is bothering them, if it's broken. Santa Cruz like does that before he throws like every punch. It's so weird. Every I was hand. That he, every time he's gonna throw a right, right. Right punch. His right. I wanted to actually ask about that when we had them on, and I totally forgot about that. Like, it's so mind-boggling. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, Elijah. That Leo Santa Cruz, his right hand is like Patrick Waugh's head when it would be in between plays, where Patrick Waugh's shaking his head just violently over and over, adjusting his helmet for no. Like, go watch Patrick Waugh shaking on YouTube, and I bet there's a video. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing in there? Like. It, like, how do you not have a headache? Crazy. Like, I just don't understand. I don't understand the thing behind it, but you know, that's something maybe we'll have to we'll have to research. We're, we'll talk to him again. Uh, we're gonna take our next break. Uh, start moving into hour number two here with our MLB season season kind of recap and going to the All Star game and thoughts on the All Star and everything going on with that. But as always. Uh, we got to drop in some quick knowledge. Our own Nick Hagburn has another get to know him for everybody. So we'll play this and take our next break. And when we get back, we got some baseball. Hassan Whiteside, Draymond Green, and Isaiah Thomas, a class of recent second round picks who became stars. Very rarely do NBA teams find second round prospects that pan out, but the Knicks may have found one in Mitchell Robinson. 
I mentioned Robinson as he has emerged in the summer league along with first-round pick Kevin Knox, and as unlikely as it may seem, the perhaps most dysfunctional franchise in the NBA has struck gold with a late flyer. While it's only been two games, Robinson has shown his force on both ends of the floor with six blocks in just 49 minutes of action. The blocks are important as it reinforces what scouts already knew regarding Robinson as the best shot blocker potentially in the 2018 class. He could perhaps become a carbon copy of a guy like Hassan Whiteside, a former second-round pick himself, and provide the Knicks with a great front court defensively with Porzingis anchoring everything down. Not saying he'll be impactful in year one, but new coach David Bisdale can't stop talking about Robinson, and that bodes very well for his future. Beat Podcast, Soda Sound Radio, hosted by Kyle Halffine Adams. Every Thursday night, right here on the Strong Style Media Network, catch up on your latest on hip-hop and R&B, and hear Minnesota talent at 10 p.m. Central. But if you trust the way I feel, I won't fold from the cards that you deal. Let's journey life together and make it worthwhile. Can't take it back like time See, my life is like a movie, no rewinding. Killing mics like I got a license. Victim, my belief don't have religion. Just a higher power. Who power? I'm not so happy with it. But I take a breath. Regain my pet. Check my feet when I'm walking. See if it I seen it all more than I care to reveal. I'm always sure to clear the air for the real. That's why I'm aiming at the grill, man. Cause it's how I feel. Nobody being sincere. We need some changes for real. Again, that's Thursdays right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And if you're a musician, you want to get your music heard on the show, send the MP3 over to Soda Sound at strongstylemedia.com. Enut. Enut. This right here is Alpha Brain. I just drank some of this in a shake. I got to tell you right now, I couldn't be more clear. You're Clarity. 50, so I use it. I don't do anything without it. I'm addicted I, to I it. I know, but I'm 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 48, but I feel like I'm 26. I have a boner right now. But I have so much energy. Like I actually, I, I'm I'm. And I took an Alpha Brain. And I never do. I I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I want to go, chin down, and I want to bang, bang. Oh my. Hey, I'm Dr. Asking. What's up? He's been distraught ever since his friend smoked him last week in fantasy football. Now he's grabbed this post and he won't respond. He's got Luzonic plays. What is He's a loser. He's not a loser. Okay, he's a loser. What can he do? With DraftKings, he could have easily challenged his friend to a rematch. Okay, I can't. What are you? I can't see that. You need glasses. I'm also an optometrist. At DraftKings, you can play free private contests whenever you want. Strong Style Media presents... Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all, with your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jiskra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bobsled, boxing, pokers, 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 survivor, and even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles and track and field. All right, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. Yeah, they say he's because I'm back on my grind. Money back on my mind. Yeah, Kim, Kim, Kim. Yeah, purple haze. <laughs> purple haze. I thought you'd, thought you'd appreciate. Man, Kim's man, Dipset, Burger Game
off top. Light that bleep. Hit that bleep. Cam said it's for kids, man, the kids. You know that you know what I'm talking about that shit? <laughs> oh man. Killer. Uh. That's that C D is one of the six CDs in my C D deck thing that I have one on everything on Sirius XM sucks. <laughs> That's hilarious. Off oh. top. Kim 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 <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the is that the the disc that has a classic line about keeping the computers putin? <laughs> the computers putin. <laughs> yeah, man, that dude's tight. Off top. Um, I want to go into this kind of what I hinted about earlier. Uh, Dan Clark, uh, who's who's a, a very credible source from baseball. Uh, tweeted out that in exchange for Manny Machado, the Dodgers, as of this was six in the morning uh, the other day, uh, I've offered up their number one prospect, which scares me that they'd be willing to give up. But I, I don't hate it. Alex Verdugo, he's going to be a tremendous outfielder, but they have outfielders. So I'm like, okay, I live with it. Um, also willing to give up one of their top, I think he's their fourth pitching prospect, but eighth for the entire team, uh, Yadier Alvarez, who I'm a little hesitant about getting rid of too, but once again, it's Manny Machado, you know, so there's, there's not, there's not much that, that you should be mad about. So I get that. But what confuses me is, uh, as, as Dan Clark said, uh, foolish of the Orioles who have declined this. This was stu- uh, this stubbornness is all too familiar. Sadly, was a fair offer on for what's only a three month rental in keeping Machado. I agree with that, and I almost wonder if this is the San Antonio Spurs type, where don't keep what you don't know you have. It turns out that the Zach Britton thing came in because they want Kiebert Ruiz. Uh, who's the number two prospect for the Dodgers. He's a catcher. He's only 19, but I'll tell you this, he's already projected to be the opening day uh, starter at catcher next year with Grandal getting older and Austin Barnes not panning out as well as he was in the postseason last year. He tore the cover off the ball in all aspects in AAA, you know, at 19. They just want to, or in uh, spring training, excuse me, but they didn't bring him up because they have two catchers. So I understand that. But I tell you what, you you know, I'll ask you, Jordan, is that smart by Baltimore? You know, we, we know how great of a system the Dodgers are. We see with back-to-back rookies of the year, they may have it again now with Max Muncie this year. I mean, it's a farm system that continuously turns out prospects. It's like the Tampa Bay Lightning in the NHL. You're getting their number one and number eight, including Verdugo, who's a top five, I think, in the entire league. Is this dumb? Uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's going to be rough, really, for anybody to take a uh, take a flyer on him because you don't want to give up too much on the off chance that he's if if you're not going to be if you're not going to be the one to re-sign him. Uh, but you you do want to make sure that you are the ones that can possibly push you over the uh, over the um, over the limit and obviously you know hoist that trophy at the end of the year and that's obviously what it's all about. Um, other names, and, and it's only gotten a little deeper since that last article with the, uh, you know naming only two teams really uh, in the in the thick of it. Uh, Yankees and Red Sox have both pushed bigger uh, offers. Rumor has it Didi Gregorius back on the block uh, as a potential uh, swap for the Orioles. Uh, 
which wouldn't be terrible in, for them. And the Yankees obviously could, could fill that hole instantly with Machado at shortstop. He also says he has no interest in playing, uh, playing uh, another position or going back to third base. He says, quote, I am a shortstop. It's what I play. And and he, here's the thing too. I say where, you know, but but well, let me let me let me let me go back to what I asked though. What I'm asking was was that stupid that Baltimore passed up on this opportunity to land these guys? Uh, I'm not going to say that it was stupid. I, I think I think they know they can potentially get a little bit more, and I I think that even even the the concept of uh, of which, like I said, if you can get a Didi Gregorius compared to those, I would rather have that. To be honest. It, but how long until they have to pay Didi, whereas Verdugo and Yadier Alvarez are still on their, their minor league? They haven't even come up, so you got them cost-controlled for seven years. Yeah. You know, you got to look at the goofy, you know, the goofy yeah, contract. But at the same time, you're already, a, you're already slated to possibly win. If you keep things up the way you're going, you're only going to win 40 games this year. you got to make a move. You can't wait. Uh, you can't wait and sit on your laurels and be – uh, be these scrubs that can't happen the baltimore's on pace to win 40 games uh it'll be uh 50 52 games is what they're on pace to win i if uh if you were to time the, the current uh bit good by, uh, god almighty yeah you okay you're building for the future i even more do not understand how you don't take you don't take this now i will say i don't know if i like the the thought though of the Dodgers moving Kiebert Ruiz after what he did in spring training, and you know having a guy like that nineteen who can do what he does at catcher, and when you have an elite catcher that puts you ahead of so many teams, but I tell you what, I don't I don't hate losing Verdugo to rent Machado because the only way you keep Machado is if you let Kershaw walk, which is fifty fifty. You don't know, and you could always move Seager to second base when he gets healthy. And if you mean to tell me that, that you have Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, Manny Machado, and uh, Justin Turner in your, in, in your infield, I mean, oh, my God. I, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that, that, that's pretty damn gross. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. my gosh. You, you know, you look at, you know, like I said, the Dodgers are turning the corner. Max Muncie, who came out of nowhere, has 20 home runs already. It's just ridiculous that that he's you know he better get that all star vote. Um, Matt Kemp is is an all star right now. You, he's he's number one in the entire league um, hitting off the fastball, and he's got an over four hundred. I think a four twenty OBS when runners are in scoring. Is this two thousand? Is this two thousand fourteen? That's what I'm saying. Like they they took him back because they were doing a salary dump, and he was part of the thing to get back to match contracts for the year, and then all of a sudden he had a really good really good spring training. And it's like, well, we can't send you down or just sit you. We got to play you. And now he's on the all-star team. I mean, it's, he's uh, having the bright Ryan Braun here. Cody Bellinger's found his bat. Turner's getting, getting healthy and ready to roll. Uh, Chris Taylor is, is batting. Well, Pig has been, has been playing incredible in the field and still has like 15 jacks and Grandal suddenly figured it back out again. I mean, this team, is on a roll, and a guy like Machado puts them over the edge. I think to be the favorite in Elegant. Uh, speaking of fastball, what do you think of uh, Jordan Hicks? Uh, <laughs> did you see that uh, 104.4 the other night? Uh, obviously, he hit 105 mm-hmm. twice uh, earlier in the year, but 
that's pretty gross. That dude, like, that, I want to see some fastballs like that more often. Jeez. That is some, that is some tank. Um, you know, and, and, and that's a good way to kind of move in to, to this midseason talk. But I, I kind of want to get your opinion on the situation too, Elijah. You know, is this something Baltimore, do you think, should jump on, or do you think they should keep trying to hold out for these last couple of weeks before the deadline? No, they need to they need to jump on they need to jump on stuff. They need to start cleaning house. I mean, they're awful. I don't think Machado really wants to be. I don't think Machado really wants to be there anymore. Chris Davis has been pretty much a bust his whole time there, except for like one good year. You know, and they signed him to a huge deal. I mean, I don't. I don't know a whole lot about them right now, except for they're struggling. And I think a lot of it. Doesn't a lot of it have to do with their pitching? Yeah, they got Jordan. If you saw that setup, what's their ERA sitting at? I mean, even even Zach Britton, who yes, he's only played eleven games and he's not, you know, he's coming back from that injury last year where he only played I think thirty eight games, and his ERA is sitting at a five. And I know a lot of people there's a little concern about, well, do you really want to acquire, you know, give up another another prospect if they're going to give you Britton? Hell yeah, I do. Look at last year when Justin Verlander, he was having a terrible year in Detroit, and I said, you got to trade for him. I know you just got you Darvish, but you need to trade for Verlander. He will be the difference maker. You know, as as John Ireland said, you bring him and his hot wife to L.A., it'll rejuvenate him, and he'll make him, he'll make him back to what he used to be. Instead, he goes to Houston, and he beat us in the World Series. That's what I think a guy like Zach Britton could do, is – it's it's like Cleveland when they had when they had their their or, um, the Yankees with their seven eight nine that they got set up with their with Batonsis leading into to Oldest Chapman there. You know if you if you get your eight ninth with Zach Britton and Kenley Jansen a lefty and a righty it's it's dangerous. Yeah, I agree. You, it's gross. Yeah, yeah. You, you 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 nailed it on the head, and it's 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 putting together the perfect lineup, especially especially that closer at the end. Like you said, that's that can be such a huge oh, huge difference maker. Because you can argue that that you know Kenley Jansen, he's an all star. You could argue he's the best closer in baseball, and he, and you could argue he's been that for a couple of years. But the one thing the Dodgers have always laughed lacked, and you guys have heard me complain for the years about this, is the problem when. You know, when you got to get Kershaw and Wood out of the game in the seventh inning, or, you know, and now you got to go two innings. Those big are the scariest two innings. Yeah, what'd you say? With a big Joe Blanton. Yeah, you, you, got, you got Jeff Blanton coming in. You got Pedro freaking Baez coming in. These guys are horrific. And thank God Brandon McCarthy took that role to move into the into the bullpen and you know, Kenta Maeda as well did a great job in the playoffs, but there's that time where you got to put in, like you said, Blanton, or you got to put in Baez, and it scares me after death. Back I don't Mac want. <laughs> God, not Macarena! No, uh, if these soundboards are working, Elijah, excuse me, that would have been the official. No, right there. You know, <laughs> I want, I want to be able to. And, and that's the one thing, too, and we see this every year in the playoffs with the Dodgers, and, you know, I'll stop talking about the Dodgers in a second, but Kershaw can, you know, he's, he, at some point he's a human being. It's just like LeBron James. At some point they've just done so much where it's like, okay, you've got to take a little bit of this off my shoulder. And, they, you know, especially Don Mattingly runs Kershaw, you know, 15 complete games in the regular season. He's got umpteen hundred innings. And then they get to the playoffs, and the second they go into trouble, because, you know, Kershaw's 
got some mileage on them, they can't pull them. They're scared to pull them because they go, God, if we pull them, look at our bullpen. And what happens? You leave him in, and he's tired, and he gets yoked on. It, it's going to happen. You know, it happens to Max Scherzer. We see it. We saw it last year with Scherzer in Washington when they lost. It's because they got all these miles on them. It's about having a bullpen. It's about going to these guys where you can you can alternate and have four different people pitch for the five, you know six, seven, eight, nine. That's why I want the Zach Britton thing. As much as I'm excited for Machado, I want to have that extra arm in the bullpen that can shave two, you know, now two innings are shaved off. Worst case scenario, you run Kershaw to the seventh. But then you don't have to keep trying to, to overuse these guys. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. I, but, you know, it, it's something we said, I guess, the other thing is like being a, I'm not a baseball fan. I don't like it as much as I used to. I'm kind of happy to see a guy go flipping complete games all the time. I mean, it's something that I miss. I'm tired of seeing pitchers go to the sixth, seventh inning and then, you know, reliever, reliever, closer. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it gets a little ridiculous. I, I like seeing the guys that can throw. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree with. I don't. I don't disagree with it. But for the, for the it, sake it, of when you get to the playoffs, like I don't want these guys burnt out where they're getting bombed. Like, like look at one of those games in the World Series we had last year. This was the, Elijah was at my house for sportscast that night, and he fell asleep because of how long it was. It was a fifteen fourteen game. Yes, it was exciting. Yes, it was great baseball. But after that, it's like, okay you got to start doing something with these arms. You need to start getting relievers that can come in and you're not scared to use because now you've dried up your, you know, they had to use Kershaw in the bullpen. Yeah. I, you know, I remember that. I absolutely remember that. It was ridiculous, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not mad. I, like I said, I, I, I'm, I patiently wait to see, uh, you know, the, the Dodgers retire Kershaw's number. I feel like they're not going to let him go. Uh, but, but yeah, he's, he, they definitely need a little something just to relieve that pressure, but maybe, uh, you know, maybe coach is just the, uh, the, the baseball equivalent of, uh, of Thibs and you gotta, you gotta play 45 minutes in order to get your, uh, your, 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 your starters going. <laughs> and then as Elijah can attest to being a diehard Wolves fan and, you know, we saw with the Bulls, then you get to watch everybody break. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone wonders, well, why did they break at the end of the season? Because it's the end, dumbass. You've been doing this for six, seven months. <laughs> like, like, I bet you 20 bucks Tom Thibodeau was playing Jimmy Butler 40 minutes in preseason. Oh, oh, oh my God. Come on. I hope that happens. I hope it happens. I got. No, I can't. I can't wait for the preseason now. Just one game where where, where he plays forty minutes at a preseason game. You know, and here's here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. If Tom Thibodeau or Scott Layden are listening to this uh, radio show right now live because we're in Minnesota, I bet you just like when when I say something on WrestleCast and it magically happens, like the next week on WB television. I bet you Tom Thibodeau's like the Onik.com commercial. He's got a boner for this for this idea of a preseason run of starters. For. We're going to go 8 no guys, because we're going to run our starters against their third strings. When we play those stupid <laughs> LeBron James-led Lakers in the, in the preseason, and they're running Alex Caruso and Andre Ingram, we're coming at them with Towns and Wiggins and Butler. Oh, <laughs> Get out of here, Tibbs. 
I'm still fired up from Adelaide Bird. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I can tell. I can. I can tell, man. You. I was. I was getting my Alex on from last night. That's good. That is good. Um, I I feel like. What do you think the the big like obviously half season in the MLB here? What do you think the big story is? Is it the pitching or is it the hitting this year? Last year, I feel like the return of the long ball was the hitting. This year, I think it's the pitching. What do you think? Hmm. Elijah, you go first on that if you got something because I'm a little torn and I'm I'm gonna do a couple well, of research things. I got one thing that's a huge story. Uh, what is what has happened to Bryce Harper, the man that was supposed to sign a four four hundred five hundred million dollar contract? Oh, he's batting like two hundred or something, isn't he? He's batting like two hundred. Like that to me. To me, that's a huge story. Like that is a. I would. I would say it's a huge story. Uh, I would say it's a huge story. He's batting two eighteen right now. He's still got twenty two dingers and fifty one ribbies though. I mean, if he's true, but that's that's like that's like Chris Davis like stats. You, oh yeah, absolutely. But if if he's hitting if he's hitting three eighteen, uh, you know he's got forty home runs right now. I, I like if he's hitting three eighteen, Max Scherzer right now. I'm and this is to piggyback with with the pitching thing this year where I am in agreement. Max Scherzer has like a hundred and sixty eight strikeouts in a hundred and seven innings and has like a two ERA. And is, I mean, he might be the league MVP for the National League. I mean, we might see it again. We thought when Kershaw and Verlander did it that, you know, I think they were two of only five to ever do it. I think Eckersley did it and a couple other guys. But I think Scherzer was on pace to do it with what he was doing. And this team was with that 218 batting average is 46 and 45. They went from front runners to continuously winning the East to their they're game over 500 because their bats are whack. They just got they just got trumped. I think by Pittsburgh five to one tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're they're definitely. I feel like out, their bats are not hitting, but their pitching is. That that's definitely the problem. Um, and you, you're kind of seeing that a little bit around the league. You're seeing again. It's either it's feast or famine with a lot of these players and and teams. You're either hitting the dinger or you're or you're striking out and. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely a problem. The Nationals only have four players batting over three hundred, and one of those is batting three hundred three. Wow, jeez. Uh, I know it's less sample size, obviously, but it should still probably not be something you see. Max Scherzer has a better batting average than Bryce Harper, who now dropped down to two fifteen after tonight. <laughs> Uh, you know, he also was, I think, the sole run for tonight, if I recall. I, oh no, they won five to one. I read it wrong. I am a liar. I apologize. Uh, I was going to say because you know, he hit a he hit a dinger you on that tonight. Dirty liar. Yeah, dirty girl. No, Bryce Harper went zero for five with four strikeouts tonight. <laughs> God. Oh my gosh. Well, as a Dodgers fan, I can comfortably comfortably say we'll give you twenty a year. 20. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't giving 40, homie. You ain't, here, you ain't Mike Trout, baby. Here's the, here's the thing. He, he, are, you, are you, okay, this is, would be his, what, first down year since, since joining the league, and he's only 25. You act like this kid's not going to get paid. 
Oh, he's still going to get paid. I'm just saying, like, but not man. like not like what the contracts that they were talking about that he possibly was, was going to get at the beginning of the year. Here's the thing: he's uh, 2016. He he hit 243. Uh, he, let's see, he's been a 270 guy for the first three years. 330 on the year that he went uh, MVP. Uh, 319 last year. So I mean, really, the 300 mark is something that you don't see. Uh, out of him, if he if he gets if all he has to do is raise that average up thirty to forty points, and he's right. No, no, he doesn't need a hundred points. He he, because again, his career think, average is nowhere near that. His I think you're missing my point. I think you're missing my point. I'm not saying that he's not going to get paid, but there was like people were saying he was going to get like multi hundreds of millions of dollars for contracts coming up after this season. And there's no way that's happening after the season. What would you say he's going to get if you if you're going to if you're going to throw him a, a, a number at him? What would you say? I don't know. I don't know that much about baseball contracts, ten, but ten I know it's years, not going to be like ten years, yeah, two fifty. When people were talking, ten years, three seventy five. There was there was yeah, talks that the Yankees million. could try to make make room to give him between thirty five and forty million to put him in that outfield. They are not paying that luxury tax of what they're going to get charged when he's batting 218 because now you're not protecting him. You don't need to protect him. I'd uh, pitch again, to him. Oh, yeah, you'd, you'd, pitch, you'd pitch to him in Yankee Stadium? If I'm the other team, hell, if he's batting 218, if he's regressing, this is a huge regression over the last two years. Like, this isn't just like a, a, a simple dip. He bat 243 in 2016. What did he, what did he, you said, you, you said 2016 he won the MVP. Was no, it 2015? 2015, he won MVP. How many, how many at bats? though? wasn't he hurt in 2016? 2016, he uh, he played 147 games. 2017, okay. is the, uh, he had he had he had less games, 111. It's it's you got to look at this too. When people are paying money for these players, it's always what have you done for me lately? That's the epitome of what a, what a you know these guys in in a contract year. It's it's a contract year because teams are going off of what your contract is. I would say 300. He's getting 300. I don't. If anybody's getting 300, it's Machado. I would not pay Bryce Harper more than Machado after the season. If I'm doing a, if I have a choice of one of the two of them, I'm taking Machado right now. Call me crazy, but that's fine. I'll let Washington pay pay overpay, you know, that money, and he can stay there, and they'll continue to be a stagnant team that can't get out of the first round of the playoffs. All right. So they're 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 both they're both 25 right now. Right, mm-hmm. so pretty, 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 pretty interesting number here as far as it goes. So they're both twenty-five. Let's we'll we'll knock some quick comparisons here since I have the old like uh, that the old multi-window because I I just like the fact that you just said you would pay you'd rather pay Machado three hundred or him three hundred. That means I mean if 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 Machado's getting three hundred, then yeah, I, I guess uh, two eighty-two career for Machado. Uh, let's see, where's his ribbies at though, his production, 466, uh, ribbies as far as that goes. Uh, let's see, 472 for, for, um, uh, da, 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 Harper as far as that goes. And then, uh, 278 batting average. So very comparable there as far as that goes. Um, and actually they've only played three, three games differential between the two of them. Machado's a yeah, much better it, fielder, though. Like, Machado's 
huge difference, too. Oh, absolutely. That's that's the given right there. Right fielders are way more common to find someone to play defense than a shortstop. And I'll tell you this, if, if, if the numbers are what it looks like, Machado is trending the correct way, where Harper right now is not trending the correct way going into a contract year. I'm paying Machado. I'm not paying Harper. And plus and, the position. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, yeah. Ryan. Oh, and, and the other thing I was going to say about the you know the dollar thing is I saw an article where there was talks that the Yankees were going to pay him more than they gave three twenty five to John Carlos Stanton. That's not happening. Uh, interesting thing uh, as far as this year goes, though, uh, Machado forty six more at bats. Um, however, uh, let's see, eight less eight less runs and um, eight less runs as far as it goes, but nine more ribbies. So, so let me ask you this, How, and then Elijah, jump in because you had something too. But Jordan, let me let me if you have the stats up, how many RBIs does Bryce Harper have this year? Fifty-one. How many runs has he scored? Fifty-six. Okay. And how many how many homers you said? Twenty. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. So that means you could almost consider you know he he's sitting on. 29 RBIs if you don't call his, count his dingers. That shows that if he's not parking the long ball, he's not doing anything. Um, he's not getting wait, guys. What's his, what's, his, what's his back with runners and scoring? Uh, what is that, OPS? Uh, no, on base percentage. On base and flagging. Uh, you got it. Whoa, somebody's playing uh, MLB The Show. <laughs> on base percentage, uh, three seventy two for uh, for Bryce. Yeah, no, but what's can, what's his? Um, let's see, batting average with a runners in scoring. What I want to see what what that is. Uh, stats right now. Let's see. Um, Bryce Harper statistics. Is there, I don't even know if this is going to have it on there. Oh yeah, this isn't what I want. This is this is stupid. Yeah, I just I, I wish I wish I knew what his what his batting average was with runners in scoring position. Yeah, but you know that, that I guess it also would be a good question is like with opportunities of runners in scoring position too. Like, you know, even though his average might be higher but or lower, but like, what about his opportunities if they're lesser or vice versa? Either way, you could you could literally subtract those uh, those dingers too though because. You got twenty-one homers for uh, for for Manny. Also, I mean, they literally they're literally identical stats except Manny has forty more at bats. How many more RBIs does he have? Uh, like nine something. or nine. Nine. So, I, I'll still take them. They're they're and, they're literally they're literally identical except again you 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 did point out the obviously the fact that the the infield aspect of Machado is 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 immensely huge. Another thing too is the position that he plays, the offensive production that you get from him. You don't see if he continues to play shortstop, you don't see many shortstops with his like hit the way he does, especially for power. True. Yep. So absolutely. Yeah, I, I wish there was a better way that to look this stuff up. You like can't find bleep. So with with Baseball runners, reference, I think, runners in, as a good runners in scoring position. Yeah, well, that's what I went to, and it wasn't anything on there. So with runners in scoring position, uh, Bryce Harper's batting two thirty six. 
Okay. Uh, I, I don't know where you're looking at that, so I can't compare it to, uh, to Machado. Um, let me I'll, let me see if I can do the same thing, but uh, and go to the website uh, with him. Uh, it's I like it, like I thought for sure Baseball Reference would have everything I want on there, and it didn't. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Uh, runners in scoring position, he's batting three forty eight. So, again, I can't. I, I'm, well, not, I'm not going to argue. I can't argue that stat. But fact, like, but. Right now, obviously, the uh, you know the 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 numbers are saying both 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 guys are are obviously still regardless of uh, the the average differential because that that is huge. But it's they're still statistically is the same in, in in regards to the fact that they both have one stolen base separates the two nine ribbies one dinger. Uh, and again, 40 at bats, that's, that's still a huge, I still, I still consider that a pretty big sample size because that's damn near 10%. That's a little more than 10% more at bats than Bryce Harper. I'll give you that. But he also in those extra at bats is getting on base and, and getting people around the bases and, and getting hits when people are on base, which is, which is valuable in my, oh, yeah. like, there's still I'll, losing I'll... games. When think of this too, the Nationals are a much better team. Put Chato on that team, and how much better are they than Harper than with Harper right now? Why not have them both? Well, yeah. I mean, perfect world. <laughs> um, I, I guess I guess I'll say this: like, if I'm the Minnesota Twins, you know, to try to brighten Elijah's day, if if I had a chance at, at these guys, I'd take Bryce Harper because I know how much the the women like buying the Joe Maurer t-shirts. They're going to buy the, the Bryce Harper t-shirts and watch him flip his hair when his hat comes off. And great, you know, people are going to be excited to watch these dingers and whatnot. But if I'm a team like the Dodgers, I want Machado because my guys get on base. And we produce a lot of hits on this team. And I want the guy with you know, over a hundred points better with runners in scoring position. Cause he's going to be put into that opportunity a lot. And if they, and, and, and you can't necessarily walk the guy. Cause it's like, okay, if I walk Manny Machado, well, here comes Cody Porter or Max Muncie or Justin Turner, or God forbid how, what he's doing this year. Like Elijah said with 2014, Matt Kemp. Like, that's why I think, I think if you have a team that can, that constantly is producing people on base and you score runs in a serpent, you know, in a, in surplus Machado's the guy you want. All right. So are you, just cause you, you, you said like the, the Yankee aspect of it, you, you say you'd still pitch to him if he was on the Yankees. Yeah. Why not? I'd rather pitch to him than, than Stanton right now. Yeah. Or, or judge. I mean, like, like I just thought that was an interesting, I mean, you, you rifle it all off, but I, I still think top to bottom, I think the Yankees have a very competitive lineup as far as hitters go. Agreed. I just, if I have to not pitch to one of them, that's the one I would choose to pitch to over the other two. Hmm. That's interesting. Like, I, I just think that's interesting. I, I like. I can't wait to see where these guys go. Like, the, actually, oddly enough, you know, obviously we just got over the the. Obviously, we're going to touch on it a little bit more, but the NBA free agency is wild. I think the upcoming baseball free agency is going to be pretty lit too. You know, Elijah, let me ask you this: with 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 what you're seeing with with Bryce Harper right now, because this has been a fun little talk. Hmm. You know, if you're a team like the Yankees, do you still go, you know what, screw it with the bats that we have, he's going to produce, let's just sign him anyway. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. I definitely wasn't. I definitely wouldn't sign him to the deal that I would have think about signing him if he had like a huge year. But, oh yeah, no, not 400. No, but you know he, Yankee Stadium is a hitter's park. There's other bats in their lineup. I mean, this could be a place where he could really go and shine because of all the other guys in the lineup too. So <laughs> these uh, free agencies, granted, granted, some of them are a little on the old end here. Uh, Josh Donaldson, uh, 32 years old. Uh, let's see, Bryce Harper is 25, obviously, Machado, 26. You got Joey Maurer. Uh, let's see. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you can you want to take, that, take that Uber hometown discount. There you go. You got that Dallas Keuchel action as far as the pitchers go. Uh, let's see, who else do you got here? Zach Britton, another pitcher there. Uh, bum, 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 bum. It's, hey, there, there's giant. definitely some there's there's some interesting beasts as, uh, you know you got you, some interesting interesting beef in regards to some of these free agencies but a lot of them in that 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 awkward fading twilight from 32 to uh, 32 on up there as far as it goes uh, some of these uh, some of these names on here. Um. You know, with with how crazy it's going to be too, and and this is, I think, why I'm so adamant about this deal is, you know, as I alluded to earlier with with Verlander ended up beating the Dodgers in in the World Series. You know, he was a big proprietor. I don't want to see a team like Milwaukee, who's in the running to get him, beat him in the NLCS. That's the other reason why I think you know, just kind of closing that chapter of the conversation. Why? You got burned by not pulling the trigger last year. Don't do it again. I understand. I, I don't want to move. I don't want to move the catcher. But you have so many young guys. You can make something worth that Baltimore's not going to turn down. So I just I think you got to do it. And I mean you're bringing one of the nastiest nastiest set of bats you could imagine. Um, with that. Kind of where we're sitting at the halfway point here, Elijah. Who do you kind of think is your your thoughts for who's going to be in uh, the World Series? Oh man, I wish I would have been paying them more attention. I haven't paid as much attention this year because the Twins have just been abysmal. <laughs> but um, let me think about it for a minute. No, oh, no, you're good, Jordan. Where, where are you kind of? What are you kind of leaning towards right now? I'm leaning towards what I wanted last year. I wanted Yankees, Dodgers. I want it again. I want big market, big market, young talent, young talent. I want to see Kershaw versus Judge. I want to yeah. see. I want to see that go down. I want to see. Um, you know, obviously, you, you want to talk about great young pitchers. Uh, uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Savino, Marino? man. Oh my God, dude is just going nuts. Severino is a stud. That Severino dude is, is gross. 2.12 ERA with 123 innings pitched this year. Ugh. You know, I like that, too, because after, after me defending my guy so much last year, in one of the better debates, too, because it was incredible that, like, you know, both of these guys 
were like league leaders in, in home runs in both one rookie of the years in these in the same time while doing that because they both, you know, were crushing over 40 homers. But I would love to see Judge and Bellinger head to head in a series with them being like the next two of these young guns. You know what I mean? I would love to watch that. Yeah. Absolutely. I, that's what I want to see. That is what I want to see. I, I, I want to see the Yankees come out on top just so I can uh, laugh as you, uh, as you sulk, uh, you know, yeah. through the World Series in the fall again. But uh, you're, not, you're not a Twins fan, Jordan? To, I, you know, I, I, I have my big market team, small market team. Unfortunately, they're in the same, uh, same, uh, the same. I'm just uh, saying as a, as a Twins fan, I, I, wouldn't, I would never cheer for the Yankees as a Twins fan. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Pop, <laughs> it's Pop, okay. Pop's got me on that. The Pop's got me on the Lakers too. So, so I ain't gonna be mad at yeah. it. I um, I think that's kind of the way I'm leaning towards. You know, I've I've said this over the last four years. You know, Dodgers get beat out in the first. Then you know they get beat out in the divisional. They get beat out in the NLCS. Then now last year they get beat out in the World Series. Every year they take a step forward and, and improve. And I I said last year boy, this team's good enough to beat Houston, but if they don't win, I'm not going to panic because I think next year they'll come back better and win. And I was panicking at the beginning of the year. I remember I wanted to talk about it, and, you know, we kind of we shrugged off because some stuff happened, and we, we didn't really talk the when do we hit the panic button with the Dodgers. And, you know, it, they figured it out. And the one thing about baseball is if you're a good team, you can, you'll figure it out. And that's what they're doing. You know, they're, they're – they went from they were like 10 and 29 or some just ridiculous number in their first 40 games and now i mean god you saw the standings up jordan oh yeah i mean what obviously you, the loss they were so they started the season i think like 10 and 19 or something 10 and or 10 and 21 they were over 10 games under 500 yeah now they're sitting yep. at 49 and 42 41 Oh, they lost tonight. They lost to the Padres oh, gotcha. just now. Um, Thanks. Got that side thing. Get your stuff going. <laughs> it's okay. I, I I have Dodgers bootlegging every night, so don't don't mind me. But uh, you know now they're 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 like thirty nine and twenty since then, which is ridiculous. And they they've suddenly came a game and a half behind the Diamondbacks. They had a chance to to take first place, but then they lost two or three to the Angels. It is what it is. But this team is hot right at the right time. I think the Diamondbacks at some point catch catch normal ground. The Cubs always figure it out. I don't know if Milwaukee can sustain this. But I tell you what, you know, if I'm going in the first round and I get to play a team like the Phillies or the Braves, I understand that they're young, hot, upstart teams that people are really rooting for. But neither of those teams scare me whatsoever. So, you know, I mean, if you mean to tell me I got to beat the Phillies and then the Brewers to get to the World Series, great, I'll buy my ticket now. Because yeah. that doesn't scare me. And I think New York, you know, it's kind of like the, the Lakers thing and the, you know, the Vikings thing where, you know, they may fade out for a couple of years and then they'll make a run to get to get close or get there, you know, especially Vikings not getting there, but. I think the Yankees now come back, and I think they get in there. I think we do get that series this year. Well, let's let's not let's not equate the the Vikings to the Yankees. No, I'm uh, talking about how they'll suck, and then they'll go have like 
two, three really good years where they'll win divisions and make the playoffs and, you know, win some games. And then they'll go like a couple of years where they're just not doing anything. And then they'll suddenly rebuild almost in, you know, with what they have. And we're seeing it with all the young prospects. Once again, they're rebuilding with a lot of it in-house. They're not spending money like they used to. And that's, you know, I just, like I said, I know compare, compare them to the, to the Lakers, buddy. You know, you know, they're always in the finals. They have what twenty eight championships, I think it is. I mean, come on. Yep, they won like that's like Bill Russell. They won like eighteen of them when there was like nobody that could play. Uh, you you got to stop, you, Derek. You're you're spitting on Derek Jeter right now. The core four, you're spitting on them. <laughs> no man, they've, they've, they've won they've won more championships in your lifetime in your lifetime than the than the Dodgers have. Yeah, Dodgers last one was eighty uh, eighty eight. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's Kirk my Gibson, point. Parking it off of Dennis Eckersley in his MVP year, I think, too, by the way. But, and, and but I, point, I just, you, there's been five Yankees titles in your lifetime. Coincidentally, yeah. uh, that, that's all I'm saying. I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I'm saying 23 of them were won before we were born because they, they was like the Celtics. The Celtics won, what, 12 titles with Red Arbach, and they have the most titles in the league. Yeah, they've won five in our lifetime. Big deal. Now, this is, but I'm, like I, I, my general rule of thumb for sports and championships is anything post World War II, right? And, and post World War II, if you did that for the Yankees, they still have like uh, one, two, three, four, five, nine. They still have fifteen championships. Yeah, well, they are great. I'm not saying they're not great. I'm just saying, I'm just in my era, they have a lot of sports where they go from being fantastic to sucking and going back to fantastic again. That's all I'm saying. They won damn near 20% of the championships in your era. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. That's one every well, five years. Well, they should, they should win more than – no, one every seven years. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> this is why I'm going to the Clippers. Yeah, good, because we don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be the new clip, the new Clipper Daryl. Jordan, house isn't there a Twitter? Isn't there a Twitter handle Clipper Jordan? I, there might be Clipper Jordan. Can I get that password when you get a chance? <laughs> I was gonna say. Now I have time to think about it. I was like, I want to see a a rematch of last year's World Series just because of how good it was. That was such a good for you know. It's one of those things where I was. The only reason I was pissed off about the World Series is they let um, they let Uriel Guerrero uh, play when he should have been suspended, and then he hit the game-winning home run when the Dodgers wouldn't have needed to go back to play. They would yeah. have ended the series. Like it would have been a four-two series. That's the only reason. So I mean, like I understand that's probably a bad reason to be mad, but call me petty or not, but this this dude goes out and makes racial slurs at you, Darvish, and even does like gestures with his eyes and they go mm, don't do that we'll suspend you next year no f that don't anyway i also like jose altuve a lot he's probably one of my right. favorite players right now he's slanging them five-hour energies <laughs> so you do, do you think though that that could that could do it i mean houston's looking strong dodgers are looking strong who who you got to win we got the win, Elijah. Hmm. Houston routes them. Ciao, please. I, th- I, th- I think the Dodgers <laughs> get their revenge if they play again. That's what I'm talking Especially about. Especially 
especially being that they're peaking right now. Like Houston routes them. Houston doesn't route. You don't even have Houston in the championship. The Yankees route them. <laughs> Go to what, break. What, do you, what do you what do you got for the World Series? I, I, I told you I want I want Yankees Dodgers. No, Period. I'm talking about the win. Like, no, the win. I I would I would I would I want to say the American League comes out on top. If it's the Yankees, if it's the Astros, they beat the Dodgers. Well, there you go. I know Cleveland yeah. won't be there though. Call it. <laughs> you you know who my you know who I'm saying is winning. So I, you don't even have to ask me. Obviously, you're talking about them Giants coming back from behind. <laughs> Ick. Three and a half out from first place in the NL West. Let's go. And here's the other thing I'll say then. If, say that does happen, the Giants now have one less title than the Yankees in my lifetime. And that's okay. Because, I'm just because saying, they like, came from New York also. They're, they're, they're like, they're from Brooklyn. <laughs> Stand up. <laughs> Who, the, the Dodgers are from Brooklyn, fool. Oh, the Dodgers are from Brooklyn. Hey, you know what you're talking about? What dang is, it. What is, what is, you, you sound like Cito Gaston when he got fired from the Blue Jays after winning back-to-back World Series. I don't understand <laughs> why I'm leaving. Yeah, but, but one of those World Series don't count because Joe Carter saved that ass. Man, that, that, that counts? No. That, that, yeah, I don't count. <laughs> How is that not going? I mean, come on uh, now. The Florida Marlins got two World Series. Come on now. Yeah, that shouldn't have happened. That, that's trash. Um, where's where's that gimmick at? Because I, I got one of these tonight. I don't know if it's going to play or not. It's just going to play the noise. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to play because we don't get the first four seconds. I got a spit take for you guys. Um, if anyone's got a spit take, feel free to jump in after me. Um, Elijah, maybe you'll have one tonight. Obviously, you know how spit takes work, Elijah. I have no idea. We're gonna we're gonna basically anything through the world of sports that you saw over the week that was uh, hilarious or uh, you know anything like that that would garner a spit take after after hearing it or seeing it. Um, we all know, I, Jordan, you are a Google king. Can you tell me? Um, can you see if you can pull up the average attendance for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays or Tampa Bay Rays over the last five years? Oh, man. This, you're going to get really depressing on me. Uh, for the record, the Giants did come out of New York because they used to play at the Polo Grounds, just not Brooklyn. Um, uh, I knew I was partially right there. Uh, attendance. God, this is going to kill me. Well, get, go ahead with the spit while I pull it up. <laughs> well, so we, we know the, the – I'll kind of elongate it because I, I, the numbers will help. Double the. This is a two. This is the first ever two in one spit take. I think it's going to be tremendous for us. Um, So we know the Devil Rays. I mean, like if you go on SeatGeek and you look at the picture from your seat, you're looking Mm -hmm. at empty seats in the building. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't even use a full like a packed house stadium for the pictures, or just a complete empty arena. That you know you would take beforehand. No, they just use an actual in-game picture, with with like thirty-eight people across from where you're sitting. That's tight. It's you bad. want to hear how you want to hear how accurate the show is. So yes, I'm playing the sh- I'm playing the show right now. 
and I'm playing for the Devil Rays, and I finally made it to the majors. And we are one of the worst teams in the major leagues, and there's no one in the crowd. <laughs> can can you be the uh, uh, the Evan Longoria to that team, Elijah? Or are you just gonna I ask just, for a trade? I haven't asked for anything yet. I just got called up halfway through the season, and I'm already leading the team in batting average and home runs. God Almighty. Um. Do you have any of those stats by chance, Jordan? Uh, if you give me if you give me about forty five more seconds here, I'm gonna give you the actual average attendance. Let's go! I hear the I hear the fingers moving. So, anyway, so the Devil Rays have been an abysmal, just abysmal uh, franchise. With you know, they've had great ownership, like like great like. GMs and stuff, Farhan Zidi, who's now with the Dodgers, I believe, was there. Um, you know, they've—I believe they've won a World Series, um, which well, they, is insane to it. think. They—they—they they, they, so they It's—it's insane to think they've been to a World Series. The Diamondbacks, the Marlins, and the Twins can't even get out of last place. Man, it's, it's just insane thinking about. Um. So anyway, that, that's why this the this, average attendance. Okay. If you combined it for the last uh, the last five years, if you combined them, uh, it would be sixteen thousand five hundred and forty-five. Oh, God, so I'll give you one of the top reasons why their attendance is terrible because their stadium's a freaking dump. They have no. Go ahead. Oh, they have the equivalent. Of, they have the the equivalent of the Metrodome, and it's in Florida. Yeah, and why would you have an indoor stadium in Florida? No clue. Uh, well, Tampa, it does like rain like almost like every day. It's kind of weird. Well, that's that's great because the Buccaneers play outside. So, just saying. Anyway, the Tampa Bay uh, Rays are uh, funding uh, across Tampa Bay to Ybor City, the Ybor City section of Tampa, they're opening a new stadium that's only going to cost them $900, or $900 million. They're not cracking the billion like a lot of these other new stadiums are. The stadium looks tremendous, but the kicker is it's not even going to seat 31,000 people. Whoa. Uh, Weird. Literally the smallest park that will be in the entire league, not even close. Um. You know, if, if you want to factor in, look at if you look at the Montreal Canadiens, who are basketball and hockey are usually you know x amount of people because they're not big. They average twenty one thousand because they have standing room. This 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 stadium is eighteen. Yeah, we're, yeah, we we have over eighteen thousand at a game. This stadium isn't even twice the size of that. And here's the kicker: they're not adding a retractable roof. They're going to add another full roof, but to make the fans happy in Florida by 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 deciding to choose the roof, it's going to be a translucent roof. Interesting. So they're going to go glass, like uh, kind of like the 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 new stadium for the Vikings. Uh, smallest parks uh, for seating capacity. Uh, anybody off the top of your head? Oakland. Ooh, that's a very good guess. However. Uh, Weird thing about Tropicana, it's already uh, the smallest one with only 31,000. 
<laughs> so they're, they're, let, let's 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 just think about this, guys. This they're a terrible team, a terrible organization, um, with their fan base. The fans obviously don't come to the games to begin with. So let's build another stadium. <laughs> Uh, there's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six teams, seven teams, uh, seven teams that fit under 40,000. Uh, Minnesota is one of them. Uh, let's see. Uh, anybody care to guess a couple of the others? Uh, Chicago, Ooh. like the White Sox, or Wrigley, maybe two out. I can't remember. I, I'm thinking those uh, are two. Like, White Sox, 40,000 at guaranteed rate field. Yeah, they have a new stadium. Oh, okay. Um, Let's see. The uh, other bit was, uh, let's see. So progressive field uh, in Cleveland, well, only 35,000. Uh, what about, wow. um, what about, what about Baltimore? Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore's going to be a little larger if I recall here. Uh, I can't remember if that, the whole Baltimore's new set of the top. Uh, Baltimore's 45 because that, that's still okay. Camden. Yeah. So who's this uh, bottom list? I, I know Oakland's got to be in there. I'm assuming no, Oakland's, Oakland's one of the largest. Oakland's, oh, uh, Oakland's got forty-seven thousand. Oh, I guess that's true because it is a football stadium. Yep, yep. I didn't uh, think of it that way. What about San so, Diego so, at Petco? Top, top, top five biggest. We'll just, I'll just give you the top five biggest, top five smallest, top five biggest. Uh, let's see uh, the the so number. Uh, let's see number five would be Safeco Field, Seattle. Pretty big there, obviously. Uh, number Shaman. four, Arlington. You got uh, you obviously got the the, the Rangers with forty eight thousand. Uh, Phoenix gets uh, forty eight thousand. Toronto gets forty nine thousand. And then obviously, uh, Ryan, you'll be happy to know that your Dodgers are, uh, are are fifty six thousand, bro. Yeah, you got to go to Chavez Ravine. They do they they average over fifty k a game, I think. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. They got a great looking ah. stadium, really cool. Um, as far as bottom five goes, obviously, uh, let's see, you got uh, Tropicana being the worst of it. Progressive Field, Cleveland, Ohio, it's a dump. Uh, Marlins <laughs> Park, uh, Miami, uh, they just built that stadium, if I recall, and it already sucks. Thirty six thousand fit in there. Um, let's see, <laughs> it was opened in twenty twelve. Um, yeah. Fenway Park, Fenway Park, thirty-seven thousand seven hundred fifty-five. I think they just did expansions to that too. Oddly enough, um, if you if you go to Fenway and your kids are out of control, you can hang them by their uh, un, by their tr- shorts on uh, Fenway for an added cost. And they can count that as seats. Nice, I got it. I like it's it. like, I like adding it. practice. Uh, Ooh, that, that little Tony so. out there was definitely pissing off the wrong guy. Whack. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, though uh, though it's a smaller stadium, and they they actually kind of started the 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 trend of uh, especially when they did the remodel here, uh, Kauffman Stadium for Kansas City. That's uh, it's only thirty seven thousand also, so pretty pretty small nuggets there. Uh, Wrigley, by the way, forty one thousand, still forty one thousand six hundred, so still a pretty beefy uh, beefy spot for the second oldest stadium in the league. Uh, Sternberg says he expects to play in Tropicana for at least four to five more years, and hopefully they can get this new stadium with the rest of the funding open by 2023. Yikes. This team is ass. Is that the oldest? Uh, let's see. That is the second oldest uh, 
uh, arena or stadium uh, built in our era, as far as it goes, gentlemen. Uh, 73 for Kauffman Stadium. Otherwise, it's 89 for Toronto. So this will be the uh, the next stadium that goes bye bye. That'll be a uh, be a legacy uh, legacy started uh, to end uh, our our era. So Toronto's building a new one. I didn't know that. Are they? I, well, you said you said Toronto no, in eighty. Tropic, trop, no, the, 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 uh, Toronto's uh, nineteen eighty nine is their 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 stadium. Uh, everything else is either older or younger. Uh, Tropicana oh, being the newest okay. new one. Yeah, I hear you. I, I get. I, I'm picking up what you're down. I got down. I don't know. I'm tired, man. I'm tired. <laughs> I was trying to follow though. I was trying to keep pace, keep pace like a G. I'm an OG. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm like, you already I'm like really lump lump. I'm, a, I'm like I'm like the white buffalo. Do you have any white buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> any whole team in? Yeah. You ain't got. <laughs> I want, yeah. You got the whole team in. How, how did that's tight? We just went from Francois Botha uh, to Charles Bronson. I want the white buffalo to be your jersey. Uh, like if you get a custom jersey made, I want it to say white buffalo. <laughs> Does anybody know what Charles Bronson movie that line is from? Lockdown. No, that's, that's <laughs> a good guess. Though, assuming Charles Bronson, Jordan, you want to take a stab at it? Uh. I, isn't it called the White Buffalo? No, no. This no. so this was a scene where he was pretending to be a uh, like a scientist, and he was trying to get into this building, and he ends up killing the guy. This is the same movie where he pretends he's into this uh, this this homosexual man, and he gets into gets him to go into his hotel room and make a drink with him, and then he shoots him. <laughs> Charles Bronson hitting on another guy is the funniest thing. Hey man, I got that stuff you'd like. You want to have a drink with me? See what happens later. Guys like, yeah man. I'm like, dang, Charles Bronson is just a jack of all trades. I know uh, that evil, line, the white buffalo the line. Which, no, that was from the movie Kinjite, Forbidden Subjects. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I used to have like 35 Bronson movies back in the day. What's what the movie with Bronson where he's got the club foot? He was like a boxing trainer, wasn't he? Oh. There was a movie where he was like a weird boxer and he fought like in a railroad yard. Yeah. <laughs> that was tight. <laughs> the the, the Dustin, Dustin will beat the, the Death Wish 3 when he abruptly goes, mm, excuse me for a moment while he's at dinner. Puts down his napkin with his fa- with the, the family he's eating with, walks outside and he's like, "What's the problem?" And they're like stealing the car. He's like, "We're stealing his car, man. What's the problem?" He's like, "With the car, what's the problem?" And they're like, "We told you we're stealing it." And he's like, "It's my car." And then he <laughs> they out like a switchblade, so he just pulls out a magnum and shoots them both. And then instead of like doing anything with the box, he puts the gun away, walks back inside, and goes, sorry, I had to take care of something. Puts his coat over the rack and continues eating dinner in the scene cuts. I like it. I like it. <laughs> That's what he's doing. They killed the giggler, man. <laughs> he in the third one? Or the giggler is the, is the third one. That's the one where uh, where they all there's like sixty dudes charging him and he climbs up the like the the ladder shaft on the side of the building and decides to like erect a Gatling gun onto the ba- banister and just starts murdering everybody like it's a Call of Duty game. 
<laughs> yeah, that's exactly the one. It's the I, I think. Uh, what's uh, is it? Is it? Uh, what's the? What's is it? Alex Winters from uh, Bill and Ted. <laughs> I think. I think. Did. I think he's like the bad guy in Death Wish Three. Yeah. Speaking of Bill oh and Ted, Bill and Ted Three is gonna. They're making a new Bill and Ted. I'm Jack. Really happening. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you remember when uh, when Charles Bronson Death Wish One killed Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he should have been messing with his daughter and wife. That's messed up, man. Even Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, man. Good, because you're gonna meet him. Bam! Didn't you bless? Good, because you're gonna meet him. The last one I got, then I'll get off this kick. I promise. I'm, I'm with you. I'm tired. We only have a couple minutes left in the show, so I'm just having fun. But uh, Death Wish Five, where he's in like the, at the beginning, he's at his, I don't know, one of one of his wife or daughter, whichever one's gonna get killed or molested or whatever ends up happening to all these terrible like who if I I would stop marrying Patrick or Pat Kenny or Curdy or whatever his name was. Yeah. Paul Paul Kersey. Yeah. Yeah Paul <laughs> Kersey. I'd, I'd stay away from him. But like the daughter's at like the fashion show and like somebody's like breaking into it and he, he goes in the back to where like the mannequins are and like there's like a heat wrap machine where they heat wrap the mannequins together to ship them out and he like clubs the guy and puts him in it and like heat wraps them until he like suffocates and then so they like exact revenge on him and, and he, he at the end of the movie the guy's got his wife and he's like let her go I won't kill you. And and he's like, all right. And he lets her walk. And as she's almost across the street, he shoots her. And he's like, bad move. And he pulls out a rocket launcher just across the street and shoots it all 20 feet away from him and hits the guy directly in the chest and he explodes. Uh, like Kinjite Forbidden Subjects is a really great cover, though, just for the record. Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> bad move. Boom, he shoots a rocket at the guy. Like, are you kidding me? I like how progressively, like, the, the, all the Death Wish covers are essentially the same. It's Bronson on the cover with a gun. But, like, Death Wish 1, it's like little pea shooter gun. Death Wish 2, it's like, it's like I got a bigger gun. Death Wish 3, it's good old Wilby because, you know, he'll catch him. And then Death Wish 4 is just him with a big old, like, automatic. It just doesn't even care anymore. It's just ridiculous. Is is there only four? I thought there was five. Maybe it's four that I was thinking of where he shoots oh, the rocket. Oh, there's five. Oh my god. The, yeah, never mind. Five. He's got a weird. Dang. There's that was one of the, I think the last movies he did. Yeah, that one came out in '94. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Dang. Like they're like, well, Charles Tires, is there anything you want to do, man? You've made us a, a ton of money. Uh, you've been great with the studios. What do you want to do? I want one more Death Wish. All right, man. Yeah. Let's go. So in the first one, hold on real quick. First one, it was his wife dies, daughter gets raped. Is that right? Is that right? Because he, he goes to the so. hospitals. I'm going to get them for you. And that's yeah. when he when he's when he's got the camera and all that stuff, and he lets the steal so, his camera so he can turn and shoot him. So Death Wish two. Um, so. so uh, Death Wish Two. Death Wish Two is his daughter gets killed, and the housekeeper. Poor <laughs> bastard. They took the housekeeper too. Uh, in what? Death Wish Three, 
uh, he's actually just uh, recruited by uh, the chief. Like that, that one, like he, he technically nobody happened to his family in that one, for the record. Like he was just minding his own business in, in a crappy that neighborhood. Just, that was his rebuild. Yeah. Uh, Death, Death Wish 4, uh, that's when uh, the, the, his girlfriend's daughter dies of a drug overdose because of the, the, the bad neighborhood he's in. Why doesn't this guy just move to the burbs? Uh, he's, an arch- he's an architect for Christ's sake. Uh, and then number five, uh, the, the mob is uh, messing with his fiance's business. So yeah, pretty much if you if you're dating or you're, you're you know you're just this guy's definitely not good news. I I will never forget the fourth movie when he when he heard they're pushing drugs at the video arcade. So you get Charles Bronson, I believe, going to a video arcade. So like, dang, a dude said there with a magnum in his pocket. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Space Invaders, Galaga, <laughs> I remember Burger Cuba. Time, <laughs> Burger Time, Let's go. Root Beer Tapper. That's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the Pac Man? I don't like that, Miss Pac Man. <laughs> if I was Mrs. Pac Man, I'd stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't get any any World Cup. That's fine because I'm I'm mad. All I gotta <laughs> say is for those of you wondering why I'm mad, Belgium gets like six minutes of extra time. Okay, great. That's that's enough where if they got a shot, they can let's see what happens. Uh Mbappe <laughs> like is purposely holding the ball so they can't do the throw in. The refs are doing nothing about this. And like I know delaying always happens, but this one blew my mind because they finally they throw it in, they get the ball back. Um, Belgium kicks it, and France kicks it out of bounds. Okay, great. Belgium's now got a chance for for a corner throw. They can get it to the they can get it to Thibaut Courtois, and he can get it upfield to De Bruyne, uh, De Bruyne or or, or Lukaku or uh, you know everybody that was out there. So as he's the ball's in front of him, uh, I think it was uh, Dre's Mertens was doing the throw, and I might be wrong, but the ball's at his feet, and he's he's pointing at traffic or whatever and Mbappe comes running over and kicks the ball like he's on the playground like messing with like the kid they pick on and starts dribbling down the field with it and they're go the refs are going what are you doing and he's like it's our ball right and he's and he's literally running down the field kicking the ball trying to run at the goal to shoot and the refs are waving yellow cards at him and he's just oblivious to it so Axel Witzel comes in like like a like a hockey goon and just shoves him to the ground. So now he's on the ground and he's laying like a snow angel, delaying the game even more. And nothing happens in the midst of this. And people are just raging like, are you kidding me? And the Belgian players walk up and they're trying to pick him up and he's like, no. And he's screaming, no. I'm like, I've never seen this in my entire life. Mm. This, is, this uh, is the most... Wow. This is, this is. I think. Like, I think Neymar. Emily Bird was actually one of the judge, uh, one of the uh, referees there. She was probably the one who told him to go. To, now go out there. I know. And and I mean, I get it. This kid's nineteen, youngest player to ever score in the World Cup. I don't know why she sounded like that. Yo, you go out there and tell him it's your ball. But like, <laughs> just watch it. I've never seen like it's like in a in a movie when they're like, give me the ball back, and he goes and steals it. He's he starts trying to make moves on defenders who aren't even defending because they're wondering what's going on. I've never seen that before. 
And then she sounds like she eats beans from a can. <laughs> we got to get the Cardinals on soon. Um, and then, and then they finally get control, and the throw-in goes to. Um, oh, I can't remember who was even doing it. it might have been, but he like. He starts doing like Harlem Globetrotter tricks with the ball, wasting time until they're like, you have to throw the ball. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then he puts it between his knees and he's like, hey, guys, I need you to go over there. I mean, they between these two, there was six minutes of extra time. They wasted three and a half minutes and they didn't add anything else on. It just that pissed me off. Like, I've never seen delaying like that. Uh, that's professional level, my friend. Quality. Cool. Uh, sign, sign us up. <laughs> Sign us out tonight, Ryan. Let, let's tell them about the, the weekend review. Mbappe and Pogba are the Shaq and Kobe of delaying the game. Um, that's all the time we have. We appreciate Elijah coming on here. Uh, we will be back with our normal standing eight count, I promise, this weekend, as Manny Pacquiao's fighting uh, Lucas Matisse. So we're going to talk that. we got a lot of big fights coming up. Uh, tomorrow night, catch Alex and Kyle at 8 o'clock doing the, the Pop Culturist. It'll be a fun little show. Thursday night, more of the Summer Rap Brackets from uh, Soda Sound Radio. And then on Friday, because it is the big day, myself, Alex, will be on at 10 o'clock leading into the G1 Climax Night 1, which is headlined by Kazuchika Okada and Jay White and Hiroshi Tanahashi against Minoru Suzuki. So... We're going through brackets. We're we're doing everything. We're gonna have a lot of fun with it. So we got a whole bunch coming the rest of this week. Who's Okada? I wish these things worked. <laughs> it's not gonna work. I just played that. Cut that bitch off right. You're lo- I ain't gonna hang up on you. I should, man. Today's <laughs> not the day. Today's not the time. You do not want to make an enemy out of me. It doesn't that oh. note close. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Good show, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Elijah, shout out to Elijah, the Melvin himself, for coming on tonight. Jordan's with us. I got to go sit in a cold shower or something because I'm, I'm aggravated. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed my pain and suffering. We know Jordan did. Uh, Elijah, do a read or something. No. <laughs> okay. Have a good one.